G'day punters, welcome to the mailbag for another week, season one, episode 14. We're reviewing the racing action from June 15. We'll take a look, myself and Drew Patchell, at what happened at Sandown on the lakeside. I'll also have a quick look at Belmont, just reviewing a couple of the major races there, and including one of our recent stars, and then we'll check in with Rob Scurry reviewing everything that happened with his winning weekend up there at Rose Hill. As always, we'll deep dive into the puntingform.com.au data. We are ably assisted in our betting with Betfair Australia, and we are hydrated by GOAT. This seasonal transition period, four guys who enjoy looking at horses and punting on horses Band together to give you mail on horses. Live from wherever their families allow them to record. Drew Patchell. Now, Roy, could this work? Could this be the future of racing? We've got problems with crowds. We've got problems with turnover. Uh, Roy, could that bring punters back? Would punters love to see endorsements plastered all over jockey? Pete Anthonis. But yes, I think uh, Well, I'll go further. I'll say that, uh, you know, basically want to plaster all over the horse as well. Oh, yes. I th- Rob Scurry. A new jockey, absolutely bad, on a horse with a lot of bunting over. Tattoos. Tats on him. That's a real commitment. And Jack Dickens. People would go, I think, to see that. I think horses would like that. And, of course, you've got areas that would be more valuable, you know, like the buttocks would be more valuable because people love having a jockey's butt. This is The Mailbag. Oh, pretty good, PD. Looking forward to a big week with Royal Ascot upon us. Oh, absolutely. So I, I imagine you'll be—you've probably already done all the form for the for the week ahead. Uh, are we going to have access to something this week? Yes. Well, Betfair.com.au on the Betfair Hub will be having a nice little preview from myself every single day, just mainly looking at the Group One and Group Two races on the day, just picking and choosing. Really, it's—they've left it up to me, which is good. Good. You don't have to force it then. That's what we want. Um, what did you make of the meeting at Sandown on Saturday? Um, it was a pretty strange meeting overall. You've only had three of the races where they've gone better than the class benchmark on the puntingform.com.au data. And I've just got a feeling that it wasn't soft seven range. So this is me talking out purely out, out of just watching all the races. I did not walk it. I'm not saying conclusively that it was in the heavy range, but to my eye, it felt like that. Okay, so what does that mean going forward in terms of just processing a lot of the uh, the data that we're going to go through over the next 20 minutes or so? Uh, for myself, I really like to look at certain horses on the day. So, for example, I, I do feel that there was a advantage being on the inside and being forward in the run on the day. So, for example, we'll see in race one, Trident Rising, who was always going to get back, didn't have any early speed. It's been the only horse that's been able to finish off in the race from out the back. And they've run above the class benchmark in the race, like significantly above it. So I'm going to take it as that's a really good race to follow forward. Whereas there are some races on the day where they've had every chance in terms of their early sectionals. Like they've only gone, uh, let's say the last race with Buffalo River and Asgard Missif. The leader's gone 1.8 lengths faster than class benchmark of the 600. So that's perfect data-wise. And then they've come home, you know, four or five lengths slower than class benchmark. So... It is a bit of an iffy form line, those type of things for me. Alrighty, well, uh, let's 
jump straight into the, the meeting. Any races you'd like to focus on in particular? Uh, we'll just quickly go through them. There's not much to talk about in a lot of them, to be quite honest. So it's going to be a very fast uh, review. Okay. Race one uh, was over 1,200 metres. The heavily backed Triton Rising uh, ran to third behind King of Hastings and can't be done. So I'd just point out Nico Noonan on the preview show, and he even mentioned this in his trial report. The trial was sensational from Triton Rising. The, the jump outs were sensational, but the horse had no early speed. He told us that, and on a wet track at Sandown on the lakeside, you did not want to be taking a two-year-old getting back and running on. So credit to Nico. He's got that right. Um, the two leaders, Can't Be Done and King of Hastings, have gone around slower than class benchmark, only just, but they've come home five and six lengths uh, faster, respectively. Uh, Triton Rising's run the best close, closing you know, sectionals as expected, but... It's kind of those three horses that you follow forward. Um, in terms of the data from Can't Be Done and King of Hastings, they've both gone to new levels and they do look like smart types. Have a look at race two and over the 1,600 metres, Silent Raw was the, the short commodity there. But is it any wonder it didn't win when they went uh, reasonably slow up front? So... On the previous show, I mentioned I have a concern with Dwayne Dunn on front runners. I said it's less so at the moment, especially with his beautiful ride on Silent Raw last start where he went 10 lengths fast to the 600 and just absolutely gave this horse every chance. Well, guess what he's done here? He's gone 4.7 lengths slow. So this is overall benchmark figures I'm looking at. And if I was to relate it to class benchmark, he has gone eight, uh, 8.7 lengths slow to the 600. This is a horse that has no tactical turn of foot. It looks like it's traveling to the 300, even if it's a fast tempo, and then he just grinds home. Like, he's he's no, he's no got no push button. You, you push the button, you're like, you're pushing the NOFS button, and nothing's coming out with this horse. That's that's just the horse. It's a grinder. So this was an absolutely um, uh, incorrect ride. Uh, it just set up for Shrouded in Mist, who's clearly, you know, from what we can see, the best of the sprinters from an on-speed position absolutely pants them and was really well backed. It didn't parade all well, all that well, but, you know, it just got the race to suit. All right, very good. We'll kick on to race three. Jungle Edge does what Jungle Edge does best and bounce straight towards the front and run along, blah, blah, blah. Yes, Jungle Edge, unfortunately for myself, has done Jungle Edge things, led them around. Malibu Styles sat behind and just had the dream run. William Tolonis from Barrier 3 has been taken out the back and given absolutely none. Run the best, second best four, two of the day. But, you know, when you're that far back, what can you do on a, on a track that seems to be suiting those on pace? Um, look, the first three home were the first three expected. Everything else didn't really do much. And they're the only horses you can follow forward. Uh, William Thomas is becoming costly for myself and mine. Um potentially give it one more shot, but I would need to see tactics change from the stable. I think they're they're being too negative on the horse and using it a little bit early will mean the horse can actually win races. Race four over 1,200 metres. Uh, Morrissey was uh, a score for, for Dicko in the yard, I believe. Um, yep, got the job done. What did you take out of race four? Uh, Morrissey paraded a hell of a lot better. Dicko mentioned, did I mention on the previous show that this thing paraded terrible at Caulfield when it's run a good race, you know, uh, two runs back. It was always going to have 
the race for up, you know, for its for its taking from on speed. It was pretty short at four dollars, but you know, it's got the job done fairly easily in the end. Um, Akadian out the back from barrier two. If it was further forward, I think it would have been well in the finish. Um, look, there's just one horse to take out of it. It's Morrissey will keep on winning. Okay, race five, uh, Malwani Machine. Is that how we're saying that? Yeah, Malwani Machine. Uh, I'll do it, my man. Yeah, Froggy. Um, when was the last time you saw a Chris Waller Froggy Newt horse sitting first in running? Uh, is this a trick question and that it's never happened? I think it's probably never happened myself, so I, I do not remember it. Uh, got caught three wide, had to roll on, did work, brilliant win. Nico Noonan pointed this one out on the preview show, and the more I looked into it, the more I liked it. Jumped $21 on the day and has just held off Pakadali. Belbo Main was a bit, I want to say disappointing, because I thought it had every chance, but it is still not there in the yard. It's still got a lot more to come, and I still think it's on track for the spring, and it will be better suited on a good track rather than a soft track, even though it's a German import. Okay. Uh, race six over 2,100, and Dogmatic's uh, double-figure run came to an end. Um, running to third, Tysonic got the job done coming from back in the field. Yeah, so I mentioned a, a couple of things about Dogmatic, and... I want to kind of say I got these right, but the, the figures say that it's run poorly. Um, they've gone similar pace here to what Dogmatic met last start. Slightly slower, but not a hell of a lot. So the horse had no general excuses. It's just kind of, that was a variance peak last start for it. So why was it going around $3 when it's never run within 10 lengths of what it did last start? And the variance has peaked back down. It's run its second best race by a significant distance, but... It had a lot against it in terms of that variance peak and then, you know, regression to the norm. So that's kind of just a bit of a a lesson there, I think, for, for a lot of punters. If you can if you can take a hold of that type of thing, you'll be winning in the long term, I think. Um, Ty Sonic, look, just got a very, very good ride. <sighs> look, um, I think it's good horse on the up, Ty Sonic. It was probably better suited by the track conditions there. Uh the second horse, which has gone around at $41 with Johnny Allen on board for the Eustace Maillard, El Vincitore, it's had a really good run. Um, it's it's a follow horse for me. It's just going to keep on proving as a type. Uh, outside of that, I was pretty disappointed in Predecessor. Um, I was disappointed in a few of the on-speed runners. Peace Brothers, one that you can follow forward. I know um, Dicko likes it as a type. But overall, just it was a fairly plain race and... Um, there's just only one or two to take out of it, I think. Okay, race seven, and we had Street Sheik just getting over Travi, my friend, who was running around at uh, at Millions, it's fair to say. Uh, yes, uh, Millions is an understatement. I think it was like 300 SP on Betfair. Um, Street Sheik, you, you could have backed it if you knew that it was going to position midfield from Barrier 1. Well, D. Oliver on board. There was a likely chance that they were going to do that, and they did that. It's a horse that very rarely settles further forward than out the back, so good on him. Just got there. Ballet Master, your mate, who you liked on the preview uh, Saturday morning pod. Too far back, stormed home when it was all too late. Um, another trying placing for it for you. Yeah, yeah, it was well backed as well but that's all right we'll get some 
cash out of it eventually. Um, race 8, we had Mr. Marathon Man, Ollie again, gate 14, just no queries at all. There he is, bang. Uh, this was a very interesting in-play race to watch. So they've gone seven lengths fast on the punting form data to the 600. And on a day when I'm saying you can't make too much ground, this was one of the races that was run too fast out front. Uh, waging raw, I imagine hit a dollar one in play. Um, and yeah, Mr. Marathon Man, who looks a very progressive type, has been... You know, it wasn't too bad when it was in the, I think it was a one goon at Warnable, and then ran fourth at Flemington last start. Its best overseas had been over 2,000 metres. So the step up 1,400 to 1,600 really suited it with the tempo on. It, it can keep progressing and keep on winning up to 2,000 metres, this prep. That brings us to the last, where it was just Buffalo River. Again, D Oliver. You know, how's, how well is this guy going? Three, the last three on the card, and uh, heavily hemorrhaged to use the Jack Dickens turn and, and just too good. Yeah, um, Buffalo River handled the conditions better than Asgard Massif for mine. Um, Asgard Massif went really well to back and last start at Caulfield and at Sandown on a soft six, so it's a bit puzzling why a soft seven would be a um, deterrence for the horse, but it has also regressed data-wise, so it's gone from a, um overall normal benchmark number of 5.6 to 9 so this uh, and then it's gone back to a 3.2 so it's run its worst in three runs and had every chance in terms of the data for mine um yeah it was a little disappointing overall um yeah buffalo river they backed it as a, as if unbeatable and it got the money for them so good on them not good for me <laughs> anything you're really stamping out of the meeting jersey um, I think it's one of those really cautious follow meetings going forward. Um, uh, I'd probably stamp Mr. Marathon Man as the best to follow. Like it's what it's done on that on the day. Yes, it's been suited, but the track was against, and it will just keep improving up in distance. So I think it beat some decent ones in Odeon and Waging Raw, and what it meets next start won't be any better. So yeah, keep following it. Okay, very nice indeed. Um, I'm going to have a quick talk about Belmont for a moment, if you don't mind, because I haven't actually talked about WA Racing in a little while, but a few horses of interest. We had a Group 3 race to Hyperion Stakes over 1,600 metres on Saturday, and despite it only having six horses in the field, they've actually run a class figure of 3.2 lengths faster than the average. An overall figure, though, on the adjusted figures, Gadding has won with a performance of the day registering 9.4 lengths above benchmark, which is a massive improvement of what he did first up over the 1400, which was only 0.8 lengths above the benchmark. So he's improved nicely. He's still got plenty in store for the 2000 metre Strickland stakes. But Druzy, the horse that is being talked about over here, is Galaxy Star, who was runner up. And despite the fact that she returned a figure of 8.4 lengths above the benchmark, on the overall adjusted figures, that is still consistent with what she's shown so far this preparation in that it is around two lengths conservatively off what she was returning last preparation using similar data in terms of early speed, similar distance ranges. She's just not quite come back the same horse. And uh, we spoke to Bob Peters on Sunday on the radio over here and he suggested if she doesn't perform up to expectations in the Strickland, 
in two weeks' time. That could be Curtin's fur. He already knows exactly which stallion he's going to send her to, which was Justify. Uh, you could probably give me a bit more information on Justify. I believe he was one of those uh, filthy dirt horses from the US. Yes. Um, he was undefeated as well, I think, son of Scat Daddy. Uh, you would be right over there. Um, yeah, love the dirt. Good good horse overall. Um, uh, it's a bit interesting going for the US breeding line, so um, what do you make of that? Is that very common over there? Oh, look, I, I thought it was an interesting uh, interesting position that or that Bob had taken. I th- would have thought he might have thrown in something like a Piero or something like that uh, as first cab off the rank if he retires Galaxy Star, but obviously we have to wait and see if she comes out and runs better in the Strickland. Um, the theory I had was that she needed a genuine pace to, to actually show her best, given that she was going through those brutal races last prep. You know, to Kingston Town, they went 15.7 lengths above benchmark. The railway, they went 12.5 above benchmark. You know, serious speeds for, for WA. You don't often get those sort of tempos here. And then, look, on the weekend, 5.3 lengths above benchmark on the overall adjusted figures, and still couldn't quite reproduce what she had been showing last prep so yeah it's an interesting time but look, so I have a question for you on it yeah so first of all first of all yeah justify was a triple crown winner i just had to uh go back to my record books just to double check the horse got injured so didn't really race on much after that um looks a good breeding type but she's at risk going to the dirt horses um Heavy eight, was it a genuine heavy eight over there? What was the conditions like? Because she's obviously four from four on soft, so you expected her to handle it, but could have that been a issue for her? Well, there was no going stick report on the morning, which does make it a little bit trickier to actually ascertain exactly how heavy it was. Certainly the jocks were reporting it was quite soggy, um, but the track's been holding together really well recently. There was no rain on the card as well. So, look, I would probably say it was probably more just more of a soft than anything but again like i'm not into really splitting hairs too much with track conditions um look obviously that would play some part but having said that gadding got through it fine um and i think what we probably learnt more than anything is what the what galaxy star had been showing physically in the yard was that she was very trim uh, very fit almost to the point of not having any more condition to come over the next couple of weeks and for then her to then back up and then travel over to Melbourne um, or Sydney for that matter would be incredibly difficult. She'd have to put on a stack of condition and just looking at the time almost wouldn't be there so I think uh, reading between the lines it might be a last run in two weeks time and to be honest I wouldn't be able to tip her above Gatting. I've already basically said she's in my forget file we have the forget forgive and follow over here in wa on the radio and she was my forget so i'm not Ooh, sure uh gone. yeah we'll wait and see we'll wait and see i like sacking horses that willie pike's going to ride anyway because uh obviously they're going to be unders and uh it just makes things slightly more controversial and people want to talk about it but uh with puntingform.com.au drew you can come up with these sort of wild accusations and back it up with <laughs> the data just a uh, quick one for you because you love your WA form. How much did you get out of Man Booker at Ipswich in the listed race of all things? Um, Blake Shin jumping on board. For Joe Banichoff? Yeah. And then also knowing that the horse, they wouldn't change any tactics, they were still happy to roll forward with it. 
massive drop in class. Um, look, I, it was it was a pretty big cave-in, but I think there was a lot of punters in WA that had a, a decent crack. And as we did yesterday with Impey running around there at uh, Yachuca, I think it was, taking the, uh, the short figure on, on that horse. It had one start here at Bunbury, led and won in dominant fashion and has backed it up first start in Victoria. So uh, I think he's got some serious engine underneath him. Can't wait to see what the data says with him. And uh, we'll give you one more to follow, Drew. It's not going to be any price next start, but in race two at Belmont, Summerstart returned with a 3.6 length personal best on what it had done previously. Uh, the horse has... It had a, a 70... Uh, sorry, a 98-day break returned with a slashing figure the third best performance on the card and whatever it goes to for the rest of this preparation you'd be very brave to be backing against it if there's any sort of price in black figures next start it's like back the truck up sort of stuff so could we be seeing this horse almost set over for an Everest type campaign is that beyond it like they the stable think this thing's a genuine superstar don't they same as that yeah I wouldn't think it would would go to an Everest. I think longer the the better for it. I would imagine um, it's a really big horse. I'd be thinking something uh, t- towards the mile would be more suitable. But that was first up one thousand meters. Like for me, that's completely unsuitable. But I guess the horse itself is very inexperienced. It's still very untested. And um, so far, the furthest it's been is only twelve hundred meters. So that's just me looking at it visually. But uh, I think we've got enough Everest contenders for one year, don't we, with uh, Arcadia Queen enticing star? Well, we may be seeing this one going over then to take on Arcadia Queen and the Golden Eagle, or whatever it's called. The Screaming Eagle? Can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> well, Penny, looking forward to a good week. You off to Belmont again on Wednesday, or where are you at? Yeah, Belmont Wednesday and Saturday for, for this week. That's uh, That's about it for me. You, you must have moved in upstairs there and just, you know, be camping out. Uh, there's a couple of quieter rooms here at Belmont, and if you can find one without the, the leak overhead, um, you, you're going okay. And, of course, you get uh, you get a nice view when you wake up every morning. You've got the city there and, the, and Perth Stadium as well. So, look, I'm enjoying my time camping out there. Looking forward to seeing what you pull up on Sky Central on Wednesday, mate. Go well. Catch you, Drizzy. Thank you, Petey, and over to Sydney, where I'm joined by Rob Scurry after a winning weekend on the punt at Rose Hill. How are you doing, Rob? Well, mate, yeah, it's great to get a result on what was a you know pretty tough day for a lot of people anyway. Yeah, a few unfortunate photo finish results didn't go our way and still got out with our heads above the water, so I'd consider that a win. I mean, variance in long term, you're going to get one out of those two normally, and it just kind of sucks when you don't. Yeah, yeah. Look, I can't, I can't complain too much, you know. Um, it, I, I was pretty grim coming up to race eight, you know. Had two photo finishes getting beaten, you know, going into Sylvia's mother. And I knew Kappa Jack was in the last lot of talk about him, so I was thinking, oh, those two will probably win. So there's no way, there's no way for me back. But you know, it, it turned out really good um, with uh, Auburn, um, you know, having the, everything working out beautifully. So. You just need a winner sometimes to, to totally turn your fortunes around in this game. 
Definitely. So let's get straight into it. Race number one, the two-year-olds. Are these any good? I'm just looking at the punting form data. They've gone 1.6 fast to the 600, and the winner in enforcement has come home 3.2 fast for an overall class benchmark of uh, 1.7 faster than the average class benchmark here. So not not anything that will blow us away over 1,100 metres, but, you know, better than the norm. What did you think from the yard? Ooh, I, 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 um, I, I couldn't have this the favourite rotator at the price. I, I, it didn't play very well first up. Um, I thought it improved, and he, he didn't really look like it improved that much, and he was sweating up a bit. And you know, it just was, it just couldn't possibly be a bet. So um, I, I, I went looking for for a few, and somehow managed to miss the the Snowden, which I, I usually have, and you know that just pinged the lids, and it never really looked like getting beaten. Um, Intrepidacious was a bet for us. It looked very forward first up, you know, typical John O'Shea um, style. Whether it's got anywhere to go this time in, I'm, I'm going to say no. Um, Memphis Rock, the outside of the field, I kind of liked him as a type. Um, I think he might be better over 1,200, and I think he's a horse to follow and be one of my horses to follow out of the day. Whether he can go back in class or something, you know, Blake McDougall, you know, props to him, but, you know, he's not generally a city rider. Um, I think he could be worth following. Uh, Roman Wolf seems maybe he's had enough this time in. It's not a bad type though, so I'd be interested in next next preparation. Um, Blazing Miss probably needs a spell too, but um, yeah, kind of interested to see where they go with Memphis Rock. Very interesting. Uh, John O'Shea last 50 runners has had 12 winners for a 24% strike rate, which is pretty good, and beating ROI by 7%. So that stable's going quite well. So I can see why you've had the bet there. Uh, on to race number two, the highway, and we have had a blowout here with Upper House at any odd odds of 50-plus, probably 100 on the fair. Uh, Time-wise, they've gone 5.6 lengths slow overall on punting form data compared to the class, so nothing really, you know, mm. to write home about here. None of the uh, big normal trainers here apart from Kavanaugh with a eight dollar shot yeah little Deanie Pania getting the winch you know she, she she doesn't get too many wins on a Saturday these days um look I, I thought the the toppy Tim's principal stood out like head and shoulders uh, as a type in here and he looked he's been up for a long time um so I almost launched at him um, one by three, and he was he was very unlucky. So um, I got a bit lucky there. The data that we you know that I look at um, post yard suggested that maybe he wasn't such a good bet. So um, we had a, we had a bit of a play on a couple here, but um, I could never could never find the the winner upper house. Just yeah, yeah the seven the the lower numbers in these highways generally never win. Um, you know, like the. 17s, 16s, 15s. Um, but yeah, look, uh, it's a highway, mate. There's not much to talk about. Um, Tim's principal in two weeks' time. I'd be interested in at the same kind of price. He's run pretty well. Perfect. Uh, I feel sorry for Deanne Pena's uh, partner or parents or whoever may have had a double on the day of Upper House into Goldfinch. It was paying around 2000 to 1, and Goldfinch has just missed later in the day. Ah, well... That was good for us, wasn't it? Yeah, it was was for us. Um, (laughs) On to race number three, a race for those who were greedy and backing up on Asterius, and they paid the ultimate price with passage of time, leading him around 6.2, let's slow the 600, and had the race won from there. 
60 kilos was no trouble when you go that slow out front. It is always your race to win when you go to Sirius so far back in the race. Mm. Dropping back in distance. Look, it, 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 well, you know, we, we, no, no, you know, big hoot, but I, we got the try here in the first three. Uh, I thought it was a two horse race, so did everyone. The pricing, you know, passage of time was was wrong. We're, we had we had a play on him last start, but uh, Asterius just looks looked super duper, like he improved, and I think he's run really well. Um, they both run well. well. Um, will they meet again over fifteen hundred in two weeks, maybe? Uh, but Asterius, just good, good, good horses. Um, you know, passage of time is is really uh, stamped himself this time in. I think Asterius would be a horse that would be consistently winning down in Melbourne with our larger field sizes, and it's a horse that wants speed on. And just with a with an eight horse field, you're you're getting the speed required half of the time. So um, I'm not sure why they're keeping the horse up there, but I would not be surprised to see them move it down to Melbourne or maybe up to Queensland for a feature race. Oh, is there any more feature races? Okay. I'm not. I'm not sure. I just, I just consider our carnivals just never end, don't they? Yeah, good point. But I, th- I think we're just about. To, I think we've got the Tats Tiara, which is a mare's race, and 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 that's it um, yeah. for for a month or month or two. Um, but look, I think he could almost be approaching that two fit for Waller stage, Asterius. So um, mm. I'd be careful about him next start. Warning signs, and they did did absolutely bash the price in last start as if unbeatable. So. Yeah, could be above and beyond, as you say. Yeah, or, or yeah, today or never. Next time he runs, um, <laughs> we've got it. We'll, yeah, I'll probably be taking him on. But you know, this time of year, there's not many good horses like him around. Um, moving on, race number four, twelve hundred meters, BM seventy eight. This is one of the many painful races for us. They've gone three point seven lengths slow to the six hundred. And they've come home pretty fast to actually beat the uh, class benchmark considering the slow tempo. Uh, Riverbird has unfortunately got the nose out to beat home England, who we were on. And uh, Charlene. Yeah. Charlene, oh. I thought I thought was looking pretty good coming to the about 200 and then just, you know, didn't finish off as I was expecting like last start happened. Yeah. But they've just uh, got... Look, oh, he just... He just knew it was going to happen you know after last start winning at 16 and you know i didn't know if i could back it at this price um but yeah look england seemed to have its chance but you you just don't expect tommy berry to to get beaten by jenny duggan in a photo when he he was just sitting on that thing at the 300 just looked looked home he had given it a lovely run so you know props we just yeah I was well, expecting it to win, mate. When, when you look, when you look at the uh, winners on the day, jockey-wise, you got Jenny Duggan, who's riding at like seven percent rides to winners uh, the last past twelve months, and Dan Pena, who's riding at eight percent. Then you got Tommy Berry, who's going at about sixteen or more, and especially with like Blake's, you know, Blakey and even McAvoy and McDonald all out of the state. You just kind of expect that Berry would be the one standing up. Yeah. Well, um, Sammy Clipton had a pretty good day, um, but yeah, the Sydney ranks have taken a bit of a hit with, um, you know, uh, Corey Brown and you know before that Ty England and uh, you know Blake Shins away and yeah, so some some um, yeah funny riders getting around, you know, Jay Ford, you know, steering around a few decent runners. Um, Denawi, I guess the other horse possibly to talk about in this race. I thought he came back looking pretty good, a bit shorter run, you know. I wouldn't say forward, 
Um, but uh, you know, he's def gelded in this time in. He used to be a bit of a bit of a toey, anxious kind of parader, um, or or a sharp parader when he was running well. You know, it's it's, it's hard to. Do make that that distinction uh whether, whether you think the horse is you know fired up ready to run a really good race or the horse is just a bit fired up and a bit muck you know fried in the brain um so i, I thought um you know i thought he should run better i, th- I thought he paraded pretty pretty calm um and uh yeah i'm not, not sure what to do with him makes sense uh we'll move on to race five but i'll just give you a stat sammy clipperton uh, for 12 months, he's been riding at 6.9% uh, rides to winners. So pretty poor numbers considering really poor. he's up there. But past 50, seven winners for a 14% strike rate. So he's 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 going really well and 47% return on investment. So he's absolutely taking the rides that he's been given right now and he's being underrated as a jockey right with the, the stars yeah, out yeah. of there. Yeah, he was he was borderline unbackable like four four weeks ago, four six weeks ago, and um, you know now he's one of the guys you want to be on. Um, another one of those guys is Robbie Dolan, um, claiming claiming a two. I think you know he, he's as good as many of them going around. Yeah, Robbie's going twenty three percent return on investment above Eesh. what is expected at last fifty rides, so he's also going quite well. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, we we're going to move on to this um, benchmark yeah. 88. Yeah, they've gone really fast here. 5.4 lengths fast to the 600. So there weren't too many on the day that they went extremely fast, but they've gone fast out front, and it's set it up for the best horse being So You Win to get the get the win. Mm. Yeah, look, um, I, I thought Quacker Jack paraded really well, and um, but... I, I, I could, I, I, usually I would just, you know, back myself and go, you know, everyone's stupid. I'm smart. They're dumb. Um, this is drifting, but um, I'm going to back it anyway. Um, but yeah, for some reason, I, I, I just decided to, to leave the race alone. I had him on top from So You Win, who I described as perfect for Waller. Um, just backed as if unbeatable. Um, got a got a great ride and, and never looked like getting beaten. Um I think we had Roman Sun in the numbers. Um, he looked complete top. Um, put him away. I don't know what to do with him, or I'm sure the trainer doesn't either. He looked like a horse of good promise a little while back. Um, Gresham, you know, has been been in the numbers pretty much every start this prep for me, and uh, you know he's continuing to run well. Uh, White Boots, um, bloody engine that could, real little try, but it's not one I'm ever going to find from the yard. Um, I think we had Birdie back in the numbers, who might have been a bit disappointing. Um, bit of a disappointing horse for uh, John O'Shea. Um, but can I follow anything out of the race? Jesus. Um, you know, what to, what to do with Quackerjack? He, you know, he, he's gone really, really well, considering he's gone up in distance and they've run really quick. Let, let me break this down for you. Uh, last, so Jay Parr to Jay Ford has been a massive negative here, considering Jay Parr has ridden the horse, you know, 15 of the past 17 times for the that it's gone around. So yeah, wow. Parr, Parr absolutely knows how to ride it. This is the fastest the horse has gone around in its past 20 rides compared to the class benchmark to the 600. So it's just been given a... Uh, a ride that could mean that it couldn't win. Let's just be honest on that. It could not win based on the data um, of how it was run to the 600. It was set up for 
a horse in and behind them who's had an easier run to win. So I, I can forgive. The horse will go back in class. You'll get par back on board, and you'll be given a much better ride next start, you'd hope. Yeah. Um, par might be a few weeks away. Um, okay. He's, he's got a medial ligament or something in his knee. Yeah, I didn't um, think it was too bad, but, yeah, that yeah, sounds a bit worse than what I heard. Four, 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 six weeks. Um, what else can we do with any of these? Bugger all, mate. Uh, you know, so, winner now. Yeah, well, and exactly. He'll go. He'll. They're both them. Um, you know, as, as long as they can stay perfect for Waller, which they, these these two kind of were, um, Gresham and, and So You Win, which which is not at top. Yeah, Waller at complete top is I'm, I'm a bit sus on. Um, yeah. So let, wait and see. Not much really to see here. Old Tip Top's a horse I, I bought, got a bit of time for, but just not not racing well at the moment. Might need a bit of a firmer track. On to race number six, 2400 metres, the Winter Cup. And I thought this was a cox plate for a moment there. I heard Yogi can't win it. Oh, sorry, 100. I'm sitting there going, yeah, it can. Um, thankfully for Mr. Star Caller, he... He was uh, blessed and, uh, you know, Yogi has just missed and being held out by old mate Destiny's Kiss, who was a little bit further forward in running today. Uh, overall, data-wise, they've gone 1.9 lengths fast to the 600, and it's set it up just for them to come home at, you know, they've recorded three lengths slower than the class benchmark for the win here, which is not a surprise with Destiny's Kiss getting the win. Yeah, look, he's bloody marvel he is. I, I, I think... You know, we, we did mention him on this on this uh, podcast a couple of weeks ago when he was going around in the lead up. I, th- I thought, you know, he, he he had a race in him. Um, he prayed it well. I don't, I don't know why. I, again, I kind of like the wallet numbers here. We sent Yogi out on top. Um, you know, he couldn't have prayed it better for for this kind of race as as a, as a stayer. Uh, walking along with his head on the head on the ground. That's and, the uh, best parade I've seen on the TV from a horse in two months. Like, I'm just right. going to be honest on that. It is. It is the best parade. And Yogi is generally a top 5% parader, but that's the best I've ever seen the horse, based yeah. on having seen it probably 10, 12 times in Melbourne. So it's, funny. it's, it's got a win in it. Yeah, I look, you know, and Glenn just about got it home, mate. It was, it was, it was had all the momentum. Um, but, but, yeah, Destiny's Kiss was doing similar things. You know, I, I said the other the other week, yeah, he was walking around with a real zest and purpose and sort of bouncing around. And for a, for a ten year old, you know, it just just proves what a, what a competitor is. He just loves it. He, he just looked gone at the five hundred meter mark. He, he, you know, he was fully under the hardest riding, and uh, he, he somehow got up and won. Um, we had Highbridge in the numbers fourth, um, and I, I said two fit for Waller, so I, I couldn't I couldn't suggest a bet on him or even a saver at 360. We had, we had Mazaz in the numbers, who I described perfect for Waller. He's obviously, run a very good race if he can keep that condition. You know, even back to 2000, maybe he can win something. Robbie Dolan riding, um, but yeah, it's it was a you know I thought it was a qu- quite exciting race to watch. Um, Hush Rider, who we had a good result. On first up, looked like it improved, um, and yeah, I, I kind of half expected him to win the race. Um, but you can't I, take I, two dollars fifty after taking yeah, exactly. forty dollars. Exactly, exactly. I, was, I, I, I couldn't ask. So Yogi, you know, I had it slightly in my head that you know Melbourne stayers are, are, are better than the Sydney stayers, but the old boy, the old Marvel, 
has uh, done the done the job in a in a tight go. What's your thoughts on Kelstor? Maybe you can remember because this is a uh, half to order of St George, who was arguably for four years the best stayer in the world overseas, and it it just kind of hasn't really put a win together over here, and was with Weir for a fairly long time. Well, um, incidentally, I I was two weeks ago. I was down at the you know the back stables where the horses walk around without the saddlecloths on, and I asked you know who's this this chestnut, and she said Kelstorm. Um, <laughs> And uh, you know, I saw he was like a hundred, hundred odd dollars. But um, yeah, he, look, he's, he's a bit of a bit of a Clydesdale um, to look at. He's a he's a strong bugger, so I wouldn't you know describe him as a typical European stayer. Uh, he doesn't look like like that to me. He looks more like a you know sixteen hundred kind of kind of horse or you know, big sprinter. I, I don't know. Like he doesn't he doesn't t- look like a typical Euro stayer. Um, but you know. Again, well, what can you say about Richard Friedman at the moment? His, his horses don't seem to be going at all. On be, what's his stats on the punningform.com.au data? You're putting me on the spot, but ROI <laughs> the past ROI the past 50, 50. runners is negative 75% because he's only going at a 10% win ratio. There it is. Yeah, I had a feel for that. Um, all right, what else were the Sydney stars? Do we want to talk about him anymore? Uh, straight move on to race number seven, which is 1,500 metres, BM78, Nikki's Gold, who I think was a little bit well-supported late, and not a surprise winner. Got the win from Pumpkin Pie, who was, you know, consistently game, and I thought was the winner at the 200, and Celtic Love in third, and Sweet Victory in fourth. It was um, less than a length between seven of them here. Uh, time-wise, they've gone six, uh, 5.6 lengths fast to the 600, and they've only just broken a class benchmark here, so it's been a bit of a grind home. Okay, yeah, well, we had Nicky's Golden the numbers, um, but but um, yeah, I felt really low after this race. I sent Paul Eater out on top um, with Blake McDougall on top. Just drifted from 12 to 20s on betfair.com.au. Someone was telling me that this this had none, and um, you know, was, was it the fact Blake McDougall was on board? <laughs> oh well, look, you can't say it was it was all that well written, or but but you know I I, I couldn't touch so it. Blakey stats, Blakey stats, including he had a two dollar sixty winner today at um, uh, Albury. He has ridden two winners in his past fifty rides for a negative eighty four percent ROI. That's outrageously bad. Um, like me, we thought Richard Freeman was doing badly. <laughs> But he's just missed a win here. Um, Pumpkin Kai, she, she's a nervous parader. She she paraded really well for her. Um, but, yeah, she's just not kind of one of my horses I'm ever going to find. We had Sweet Victory in the numbers. It looked look very screwed down, you know, sort of today or never style, but relaxed enough. So um, respected it, kind of half expected it to win. Uh, I, I had a good look at Waking Moment um, at 150s. Uh, not perfect while I just yeah, short clearly shorter run. Uh, but this is a horse that um I found in the Adrian Knox as a three year old filly at a at a big price. So um I've always had a you know, I've always liked her as as a type of horse. Um maybe she could do something, but you know, I think I think this is pretty low mares. Uh what do you think of pandemonium as a type? Just it's a it's a type that I've just looked at and I've said, oh, I think it may be something going forward. I thought it had every chance here, but they have gone a little bit too fast. Mm. Well, look, um, I, I remember it as, it, you know, it was well back in those good Phillies races a year or two back. So it, it's always been, um, you know, Gay used to have it. 
Um, but it it looked it looked screwed down to me. Like Paul Massara is not really known for getting his horses uber fit. Like he, she was borderline, you know, today or never. Um, whether he can get you know a bit more condition back on her. But yeah, she seems to be racing well. She she won well at Canterbury the other week, which was good for me. She's, uh, she's yeah. not a bad type. The uh, jockey on board, Brocky Ryan, one win from the past 50 runners, which was Kappa Jack. Um, so that was something that kind of turned me off not backing the horse, I have to admit. Oh, are we moving, are we moving on? Yeah, let's go to race eight where the ghostly grey Elbium has got the win for us. They've gone 3.3 lengths fast to the 600 and, uh, you know, recorded an overall time 3.8 lengths fast for the race. So it's a pretty good race overall time-wise and there was a length separating five of them. Mm. Yeah, well, look, um, everything worked out just perfectly for all of them and you know the the whole I just just fell back in love with the game after this um when it jumped so well from barrier one which is you know can be a negative if you don't if you don't ping from barrier one uh you're in trouble they, they went hard it just got the suck run jay ford's just zagged it across you know the straight to to just 10 out of 10 right almost you know as, as good a ride as anything on the day to get this thing home um Sylvia's mother was obviously the one everyone was keen to back. Um, I had it in the numbers, you know. I could have left it out of the numbers. I just had a fourth as I just thought I should give a comment on it as it was like a dollar fifty favourite. Um, but I, I just thought it looked, you know, very forward, almost too forward. And 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 you know, if it didn't win um, on Saturday, I, I, I was I was I was just, yeah. I just don't think it's got anywhere to go. Um, I, I thought it looked pretty wound up. It was a, it was a bit nervy too, sweating up a bit. Um, it wasn't a very good parade. Poor old Drakenfels, who we, we had gone the other week, um, paraded well. I, I kind of let it go. I think I had a, might have even put it in the numbers. Fifth, just I don't often put a fifth number in, but I put it in. But I, I just couldn't couldn't back it. You know, it's its pattern is just it's just killed me too many times running on from the back and not getting any luck and that happened again with Jason Collett maybe that's got a race maybe could, that could even win this kind of race uh, Tony Nacconi is well in the market here uh, I think it was first up uh, it looked it looked um, not much of a horse to me um, talk about anything else yeah, yeah just quick Jack- on Sylvia's mother for you um, they've just gone too slow I think for a horse that far back it's, you know, run out of its skin. It's run a 22-5 final 400. It can't go much faster than that um, on a soft five. So I think Barrier 5, they haven't used any of the petrol up and they've just been make it massive negative on it. Um, if the speed's on, it's a really good horse, but, geez, you're, you're asking wasn't a lot from the it. Speed on, wasn't the speed on in this race? Like, they did to, appear to go... Yeah, to an extent. Like, if I'm going back to when it won by four lengths at Hawkesbury, right... Yeah. The horse went 10 lengths faster to the 600 that day. So they've absolutely speeded along out front there, and it's just been suiting the horse to a T. So, at Hawkesbury? Yeah, so one, two, three, four runs back at Hawkesbury, last prep, in a Class 2 of all things. In a Class 2, okay. Um, yeah. I'm not, how does that, like, 10 lengths fast in a Class 2 compared to, um, you know, 10 lengths? 
10 lengths fast in a benchmark. Oh, yeah, like so I'm I'm using the overall benchmark figure on punting form. So on class ratings, it was... Um, that, that sounds like stupid on class ratings, like ridiculously fast in a class two. Uh, nine lengths fast to the 600 in a class two, yeah. So um, they've gone ridiculously fast there for that race, and that suited the horse. So if you can find a race for this horse and you can trust it just to be okay from the yard... So if you can find a race with it with speed on, it may may be a bet next start, but it's it's still going to be awfully short. Like it started a dollar sixty here, they backed it into a dollar fifty. Dollar fifty, yeah, I saw that. I was like, who, man, I I have no idea. When I was watching this, you know, back 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 back, people just kept putting money on it, and I'm just sitting there going, don't like this at all. Don't it's no, why it's people no it. repeat, you know, they're not. They're not taking it out front and going to have no, need no luck in the race. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I'd be, uh, you know, uh, it's obviously if it runs again this time in, I'd, I'd be probably taking it on. I can't see it, you know, starting more than about three or four bucks um, next start, but um, that's a, still a fair bit of percentage. Fair enough. Well, let's move on to the last race of the day where old mate Kappa Jack had paraded sensationally and ran accordingly. They went around out the front two lengths slow in the class benchmark to the 600, and Kappa Jack is basically performed up to benchmark for this class here to get the win. Yeah, look, um, a good three-year-old this time of year. I think I've been making that point the last few podcasts. Um, can string a few races together this guy has. Um just parading, you know, getting tighter and tighter in condition. Um, I'd say he's at his top now, um, but he's parading really well. Like, he's walking really well and relaxed. Real, real, real pro, um, you know, never looked like getting beat. So, quick question. Why was Tommy Berry taken off and uh, Brock Ryan put on? So, as I told you earlier, I couldn't back Kappa Jack because of Brock Ryan's stats. I stayed out here personally because I saw Tommy, Tommy Berry getting off to jump on Nikachet, who's run second and was, I'm going to say, well supported of anything outside of the favourite. Yeah. Well, the favourite was a big drift, really. It was it was went up a dollar fifty, you know, on Wednesday. You're getting freely two dollars around everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I think we got two dollars. Uh, someone was laying it at the end, like two two eighteen, like thirty seconds before the jump. It's I think it's SP uh, two o four or two o six on Betfair. Dot com.au um you know again jumping well from barrier one i guess that's an, that's another thing that people were worried about barrier one you can get you know if you if you're three back the fence from barrier the one um good night a lot of a lot of times no matter how, how good you are especially with brock ryan on but um, Is barrier you know, one really barrier one up there though because every time i see rose hill and bloody randwick and everything you guys are jumping out from barriers three four five for barrier one so it's easy to get off the rails from at least what i see i am, am i wrong there <laughs> i'll have to probably uh, they, the... they often they, they often do um they often do move it out a little bit that but uh, yeah i'm just saying in, 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 in sprint races if if you're um you know if in barrier one if you if you if you don't ping the lids um you can get caught on the you know back on the fence um yeah. uh, and, and just can't get off the fence you know, the, the horses, they all come across and kind of push you to the fence. Especially, yeah, that's fair. And especially at Rose Hill, it's very hard to get a run on the fence. Yeah. Because most of them, most of the time at Rose Hill, you're, you're hugging the fence all the way down the straight. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, lead, lead a track, but um, you know, he, he's done a really good job. I really can't talk about many other horses out of the race. Like, Nikishay is a horse I'm never going to find. Um, I think I had Zemex uh, in my numbers here. Um, I think I had a bet on it personally. It was like 50 to 1 or something. Uh, looks like maybe a bit more of a miler type, uh, but it's been running up for a while. Um, yeah, that's... That's, I, mean, I can't talk about these horses. It's winner only, really. And yeah, maybe man. next next prep, he'll have to go up and, you know, he'll become a four-year-old, so he'll have to take on better horses. <laughs> um, he'll, he'll have to keep improving, you know, to, to, to keep winning. Fair enough. And so if you were to take out a couple of horses from this meeting, who would you want to be following forward? Okay. Um, well, just keeping an eye on it. You know, it's hard to know where they're going to go, but... Um, the the thing in the first um, Memphis Rock, you know, I'll take a spec on him that he's not a bad horse. Whether he can win a Wednesday or a Saturday, I think he's got another run on it, running him, you know, in the next couple of weeks, and he could go all right. Um, these are all these are all sort of the big 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 price ones. Uh, waking moment, um, you know, look look clearly underdone. Always a horse I've had a bit of time for. One of mine, so to say. Uh, another one of mine, uh, Drakenfels. <laughs> um, you know, should, should, should win a race, you know, and Bjorn Baker, um, he's a he's a trainer that usually, you know, can, can keep him going for a while. So maybe that could even string a race or two together. Um, you know, it's going, it's ratings going down all the time and running really good races. Yeah, Drakenfels did run the best final 800 of the day, all things considered. That's good considering, you know, it was a bit unlucky. Oh, well, it was more than a bit unlucky, mate. Yeah. It's, you know, its momentum was was truly halted while it's running this fast time. Like the horses, the horses flying. You got to say. Yeah. Um, I can definitely follow it. Yeah. Well, look, I, I think it's, get a big, getting a big price. Um, not nothing out of the so you win race. Like yeah, he he could win again or or, or um be complete risk. Leave the stayers alone. Um, see how they parade again. Uh, I think I mentioned Waking Moment, um, you know, at 150s. Should be getting a price about that. Um, the other, the other one, the Alberman, and the thing, Tango Rain. It's always been a horse that I've always liked. Um, you know, strong, strong bugger seems to run well at a big price here. Um, and as I, I think we've spoken about Kappa Jack, it's going to be wet up in Sydney. It is wet, so uh, I'm expecting a heavy, heavy nine, heavy ten for Ramwick on the weekend. Perfect. Looking forward to Randwick, mate. See you out there and go well. Thanks, Drew. Cheers.